You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast, and tonight we're going to talk about Babe. Yay, May. You no trouble. Me, fifth You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death, praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. We are your hosts. I am editor Brian Elkins. With me here tonight, cinematographer Jared Gallen. How you doing, Brian? I am doing wonderful. Excellent. Uh, we also have GP <laughs> Mike Griggs. Oh, hey, Brian. How you doing? <sighs> hey. Uh, you know, you know, we're just it's spontane. I don't know. It's it's, it's spontaneity. It's, I think yeah, there the we go. That's for. what that, yeah, yeah, there was. Yeah. I just having trouble putting syllables together. Oh, it was a spontaneous thing that I just came up with. It. Yeah. Baram you, Griggs. One of us. One of us. What'd you call me? We also have with us costume designer Krista Jodes. Hello, hello. And here we are talking about Babe, the pig movie. <laughs> That'll do. You guys seen this movie? Oh, yeah. That'll do, pig. Uh, have I seen this before? Um, this is this is one of the most watched movies of my childhood, actually. 100%. I've seen this probably 30 times. No way. Legit. Like, that's not an exaggeration. It, it's, a, it's a good one. It, it's one I... Having kids, it's, this is one of the, the children's film I can actually sit down and tolerate as a parent. <laughs> oh, wait, you only tolerate? <laughs> yeah, like, and just really enjoy it. You know, like this and Fantastic Mr. Fox. Like, when the kids are watching them, I'm like, oh, I'll yeah. sit down and I'll, I'll yeah. watch those with the kids. Yeah, no doubt. I, have, I haven't watched it with my kids yet. I was asking them tonight, and I was like, I, have we watched this? I don't feel like we've watched this. And they were like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, <gasps> fucking watching this. <laughs> I know what we're doing Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Kristen? First time watch, please? No, I saw this in the theaters and I'm pretty sure I owned it. I definitely owned it. And we also had the Babe Cookbook, which is vegetarian, in case you're well, wondering. I was going to say, is it all ham? <laughs> <laughs> it's vegetarian. Some parts are bacon. Uh... And, but actually, I don't remember this movie at all. And so it was kind wow. of like watching it for the first time. Oh, what a delightful experience you must have had. It was a lot darker than I remembered. Dude, that blew, I was about to say it that. Is. It blew my fucking mind it by totally watching is. this. Because I hadn't seen it since I was a kid. And I was I remember it being this, like, 
you know, this fun movie, you know? That'll do, pig. You're like, oh, fuck yeah. And we were like, we're going to do Yay May, and we're going to do these, like, heartwarming movies. We're like, of course we're going to do Babe, but this movie's dark as fuck. <laughs> I mean, it starts with literally every person that, uh, or every pig that, that Babe knows is just leaving to go on to a better place. Yeah, they're going on the journey. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a delightful place that they uh, none of them ever choose to come back. It must be fantastic there. Quick, put them in the truck labeled meat. Yeah. <laughs> with, with, like, the slashes of light that just has a little bit of a hint of, like, a prison level of, you're, no, you're dead. They're, you're gone. You're, Dude, you've moved on. This whole movie is basically pushing that meat is bad and cats are evil. Like, <laughs> oh, the cat in this movie is fucking evil. And I, I okay, I, I thought about this while I was watching it. Like, I stopped it and had to like look up who who was the uh, the voice of the cat because like she sounds kind of familiar. Uh, it's a uh, it's Russie Taylor. She's apparently been the voice of Minnie Mouse for the last literally three decades. No, no way. Yep, she was also the voice of Huey, Dewey, and Louie in uh, my childhood favorite Ducktales. And Ooh. I, I feel like I have to, uh, I have to give this movie the credit for my utter dislike of cats, because the cat in this movie is just a vindictive asshole. Well, she's cats. like, you, you put me out in the rain. Now I'm going to fuck your shit up. Well, I mean, How it was more before she? that. Hold on, <laughs> I mean that's a valid response. I think the cat's only telling the truth. <laughs> All the other animals are the one that are hiding the truth from Babe. So I mean, really, yeah, but it's how she says it. <laughs> but is she, is she telling the truth, or no, is she's she just saying telling oh, the people truth. are saying this? Like we haven't heard any any other animals saying this. She's just saying, you know, I heard some people say. Uh, many people are saying uh, this is a thing that lots of people are saying. Greg's, and I'm going to say it to I you now. Bacon. So uh, that cat was telling the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Pork, they call it, and bacon. Yeah. Babe was delicious. You only call them pigs when they're alive. <laughs> <laughs> that That's the best bird of the whole thing is with the puppies. It's like, no, we don't let live pigs in. <laughs> oh, dude, yes. yeah, the door closes. Yes. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're too cute to be making such dark statements. Oh. That puppy was Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> Savage. <laughs> The dogs were fucking awesome in this. Like, you know, they're 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 assholes, but you but you know, but you kinda like, you know, you, you like the dogs, but then you also see the darker side of the dogs, which is interesting, you know? Hey man, they're just products of their environment, you know? Like the, this whole farm was just like uh I don't know if they were trying to do it, but it it, it felt like it was like a, a, a metaphor for like a slave plantation almost. You know, like all the animals were the the slaves, and like you know, like the farmers came. Everybody across. refers to the farmers as the boss, yeah, yeah right, dude, yeah, that's or, weird. or the boss and the boss's husband. You know, and it's it, what's explain this slogan: "What you eat today, walks and talks tomorrow." What the fuck does that mean? Uh, that means that you are walking and talking tomorrow because oh, of so the fact I, that you I have get eaten to walk today. and talk because I get yeah. yeah. It, it's a it's well, a, and it's a, also the you are what you eat kind of thing. Okay. It's a little bit of a turnaround as well of, of what is walking and talking today will be eaten tomorrow. So they're they're making it a little bit darker. It's dark. It's about death. Oh, dude, no doubt. They're like doing the, 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 the horror shot with the fucking like hooks hanging. Oh, know? my God. I love those shots so much. <laughs> and, the, you know, the duck is in there hiding because that's, of course, they won't be in there yeah. <laughs> where they go to die. Fucking Ferdinand, man. He's the best. Man, I was listening to the uh, audio commentary, and George Miller was just like, oh, yeah, that, that's a character we completely added for the film. And I was just like, what? 
Whoa, it's so like woven through. Right? I, I've never read this book. I don't know if you guys read this when you were growing no, up. No, didn't read the book. Yeah, totally missed it, but it just blows my mind. It seems like the, the duck is the catalyst for for so many things that Babe does. That's true. The dogs, yeah. the duck, and the mob, the, the sheep. Those are like the three big animals on the farm that Babe interacts with. Do we actually see other ducks? There's a few. Yeah, yeah. There's because at least one the scene switch. where uh, Farmer Hoggett is walking and like he kicks a duck out of the way. Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it didn't look yeah. like it didn't look like that duck. Yeah, they were it's all like no. brown or. Yeah. So know. when they do that switch, I was like, weird. I don't ever remember seeing another duck that looks like him. But that's pretty fucking awesome though. When they're like all walking through the window and they're like cart, they're cutting into it. He's yeah, like, man. Like, and you ah! hear the sound. Uh, the sound in this movie is just so fucking good, dude. There's there's so much sound design and foley and it just. That moment in particular, you hear the bones cracking while he like spreads the wing, and, which is you know, great. Like, it's a oh, great hey, sound Fred, when you're yeah. actually doing oh, it. Hey. Um, <laughs> did this did this movie make you guys feel bad for eating meat? No, not at all. Not really. I actually really liked it because I think we're too far removed from our food sources now. I mean, when you look at the when we used to like live on farms and we like knew where our food came from, we I I feel like we respected it more. Like these these animals, like. I don't want to say they know their place. That sounds terrible. But like the the people like knew what was going on and like they're they're taking care of them because they're going to eat them and it impacts their own health. And and now we just like we don't care. We don't see it. We don't think about it. And now that that's better at all. It comes in plastic and like little styrofoam cartons. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 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 For two dollars, too. Like <laughs> <laughs> for way cheaper than it should actually be worth. Yeah. Uh, James Cromwell, apparently, while he was acting in this movie, decided that he was just going to completely become vegan. So we, we may not have gotten that from watching it, but he certainly got that from being in it. Well, I think George Miller is also vegan. So I think it was like a nice moment for him to push his... Uh, well, no, he's not vegan. I think he's just vegetarian. He was, you know, pushing his vegetarian views and agenda on all of us. <laughs> well, I mean, as someone who's not a vegetarian, but who likes eat vegetarian meals i mean part of the reason i do that is because when you look at stuff like this like how can you just like slaughter like that's what we do is like just completely slaughter animals uh in these slaughterhouses and and it, again it's so completely removed for us and we don't take care of the animals which impacts our health like if you don't care about the animals you should at least care about yourself and what you're putting in your body and so like while i'm not a vegetarian i totally understand people who are uh, but uh, so as a non-vegetarian like i do care about my meat and i do care about the animals that comes from and i do think they should be taken care of and and that's part of the reason that i like this movie and like farms like this is because like you, sh- you should take care of your fucking animals you know e- even whether you eat them or not you know yeah, you know, I just have a problem with the whole, like, vegetarian argument, you know, because, like, people, go, they go around and they act like fucking plants are not, l- like, living things as well. Yeah, I know. You know? <laughs> look, I didn't say faces, that Brian. it's right. They don't have faces. They can't look uh, back at you yeah. with their eyes. I don't know. Yeah, it, it that's, no yeah, that's really so what it is. You can't humanize a tree, Brian. Well, sure you can, but... It's it's right, much easier <laughs> to humanize little animals that look at you and like make little baby noises. Like I get it, I do get it. Um, but yeah, no, plants are totally alive. Plants communicate. Like, why aren't we talking about that? Because it's just not convenient. And then what are you going to eat? Nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And that's why, like, if you're going to eat meat, which I think a lot of people need meat, to, you know, then you need to fucking take care of these animals and treat them well. Like, what the fuck, man? Well, yeah. So, yeah. Well, I- 
I don't have vegetarian because of this movie, but you should still like take care of your fucking animals. Like it's just rude. Oh, that's so true. Hard agree. Absolutely. You know, it's just like I used to say to my grandmother, don't bend over in the garden, Granny, because them taters got eyes. Oh, uh, wait. Thank you, Jared. <laughs> I'm, I'm so uncomfortable in that statement. Was that a joke? Or do you actually tell your grandma on these things, Are, are these what just actual but taters? Or are these metaphoric taters? What's taters, precious? Uh, <laughs> what's a taters, precious? Um, <laughs> the bending over part kind of confused me, and then you can't work in the garden without bending over. I'm just saying, but yeah, no, uh, this this movie really does like lean real hard on like. I think that even like I watched some behind the scenes stuff, and the director was saying that he, all the pigs that were that worked on this film were were still alive at the time of the, the recording of the interview. So they they made, they made sure that you know none of these pigs were slaughtered. So. I mean, I read something that they they used like thirty four, thirty eight, or some some large no number of of baby pigs for Babe because they grow so fast. I was wondering how, why yeah. he wasn't growing. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird; he was small, and like, Even, how long did they, this take place? She measured him. She's like, "Oh, let me turn it this way, and then it'll still feel better." And she's like, "Nope, still a tiny little bit." I did love that they uh, they kept putting a little the same little wig on every single one. Yeah, of them. I love his little toupee. His little he's got a little toupee. Yeah, uh, he's got some uh, some eyebrows for some expressions. I didn't understand why they <laughs> they added that in the commentary. They said they added it to like make him make him stand out from all the other pigs. And I was like, what? the only time he's around other pigs is in the beginning of the movie. <laughs> well, you can't get a haircut after that. Okay, did like, he have that? Right. Did he have that at the very beginning when he's in the little the little like yeah? He's got like a Did he? I think he does. He's oh, got like a little. Man, tiny I didn't. Little. I, did, I couldn't tell. The film looks I, different there, which is weird. You notice it that? It does. Yeah, that, do that whole opening, just the texture of it. It's like they're using a different film stock, and it's super high key. Um, well, it is very high key. They're trying to make it look like it a, could be it, you know, yeah. dark slaughterhouse. I think that you know that's the point. Like everything's kind of like backlit, and it's very harsh, like overhead lighting. Coming yeah, down. and especially so when you compare it to like getting to the farm, yeah, it's like a totally different feel. Yeah. I think they did that on purpose. Yeah. But also, well, like, yep, go ahead. I was just gonna say this was shot by Andrew Lesney, who also did the, all of the Lord of the Rings and basically every movie with Peter Jackson after Lord of the Rings. No way. Well, yeah, this was made so, in Australia, like, so you know. Yeah. yeah, I mean, how many Australian filmmakers are there? I mean, <laughs> no, but he he did, Peter Jackson definitely like <laughs> latched onto him. He he did he did all the Hobbit movies. He did King Kong. Um, like this dude has shot everything. He shot the Lovely Bones. Like he shot everything with Peter Jackson after Lord of the Rings. So, wow, man, he's um, great. This whole thing it looks amazing. It, it feels like you're 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 you know you're reading a storybook. You know, everything's got the perfect like you know backlit edge and and everything's yep, bright yep. and colorful. And then there's cool little like pools of light and and it just. It, it just feels amazing. Like he, even down to like you know when you when you get the the ending shot, you know that'll do, pig. And he's got this great, <laughs> he's got this great like angelic rap. You know. It, oh it's, man, it's so beautiful. It's it's so great. The lighting in this and, and the cinematography is really really exceptional. I tried to pay a lot of attention to it watching it this time around. Like I remember it from being a kid that it it looked really really good. Like I feel like this movie was very influential on my uh, my visual aesthetic, but just. It feels like every single great shot from Lord of the Rings has like a precursor in this movie. Like there's some there's some really great like high key moments like like we were talking about in the uh, the slaughterhouse where you've got the light coming through the uh, the big doors at the end. And there's a lot of good like silhouette moments. And um, there's one moment where James Cromwell is coming back on on his horse and buggy and there's like this really really nice sunset behind him oh, yeah. but there's like this high level like 15k tungsten coming from the side so it's like this really nice like 
edge lighting and then also just his camera placement and his camera moves like there's a lot of like shooting through doorways they're shooting through like the little little holes in the wall and stuff and you see like the truck move and the the camera dollies left to match with the truck moving in through so you can still see it like through the little things man it's just so much like good good little filmmaking moments where they're telling the story through the camera but let's talk about like you know how basically yeah all of that's amazing and all the scenes feel really cool and they very you know storybook but there's another storybook aspect that they do where they do this like vignette style where like it, it kind of like it does the you know it does the mat where it, like you know zooms the irises in, the irises down and it opens back oh, up and all those scene transitions yeah it, 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 it kind of like it, it kind of like halts the film just like we're gonna put the brakes on and we got a cute little mouse thing you know uh, reading the titles those are great what do you guys think about that as far as story convention I think it's fine, man. I mean, that, I think it makes it feel more like a storybook, you know? Like, that's, that's part of it. It, it. it gives you that little break. Uh, they also added those, like, after the movie was already shot. It They weren't scripted. Interesting. Oh, it wasn't It wasn't planned while they were shooting it. No. Interesting. Yeah, it was totally added, like, after a couple of test screenings. Um, <laughs> one of the editors that, uh, I think, it cut one of the Mad Max films, they watched it, and they were like, you know, th- this feels very vignette why don't you just go ahead and since you have the the picture book in the front and add add fucking chapters to it since it feels that way. Yeah, and it's weird that like later in the film that there's like narration that pops in that kind of carries the story for a little bit. No, no Ross Lee Brown's in, in the whole fucking thing. Like he's he comes in from the very get-go. He's the one who is who's communicating this is where the pigs are going. This is what Babe is thinking and the pigs are n- not wanting to come back. Like that's Roscoe Lee Brown the entire movie and it fucking works the whole time. Like, I just want him to narrate everything. <laughs> Man, his inflections are so perfect. Like, they're they're just seared into my brain. Yeah, like when they talk about, like, you know, how, um, you know, sheep are stupid, you know, and then they turn that around, you know. About, like, it is a well-known fact point of view. that yeah. sheep are stupid. <laughs> the sheep spoke very slowly because it, a well, it is a well-known fact that dogs are ignorant. <laughs> yeah, love awesome. it. Actually, uh, and I love the I love when the dog is trying to talk to the sheep, and they're just all like, ah, ah, <laughs> all talking at once. <laughs> it's completely like it's it's so like overwhelming. Like, wow, this is it's really good sound. Really, really good sound. Wolf, babe, wolf. <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying? That is a good moment. I, I like all the animatronic sheeps. Their fucking eyes, man. Those are so like I was. I don't know what they did, but they actually had them like dilating. Uh, at least on the ma sheep, like her eyeballs, her irises were actually dilating when she yeah, walked around. They, they, they explain that in some of the behind-the-scenes stuff. They go in and do, oh, they, they frame I don't know how they did it back no, then, like frame-by-framing uh, it. No, uh, the ma sheep, that's animatronic. She's she, that's, not, com- that's not a digital. There's a combination. Like They, they had I think they did animatronics for the, specifically for the sheep and the animatronics for some of the other animals, and then they also did digital for everyone. Yeah, uh, the was it? Uh, you can tell it when, when it's the dog. The dog looks bad in animatronic form. Sometimes yeah. Babe looks pretty bad when they do the close-ups. When they, you know, he's like, ah, it looks a little creepy. <laughs> it does. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the animatronic duck looks amazing, though. Holy fuck! It really does. It its really eyes are creepy does. though, because they're just—they don't—they never like you know. They're just—they're just. Yeah, eyes are a little weird, but no, the, the duck is great. I mean, I, I love when he's like at the window, and, and you can see, and he's like gesturing instead of talking. You know, yeah. he's like, go, go, go that way. And he starts like, yeah, starts like tapping on the glass and all that. I was like, oh, it's so fucking cool. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> 
They had a good mix, man. I, I wish more movies were still like this, where they, we'd have a mix of our special effects, where we're doing animatronics and CGI, and instead of just putting everything on one fucking technology like we do now. What was the budget on this? What, what did they do this for? Oh, what was the budget? Thirty million. So it was pretty. I mean, it's pretty cheap. That's 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 pretty solid. Yeah, they did a lot with thirty million. Two hundred and fifty-four point one worldwide. So it made a shit ton of money. Which is why they got a sequel. Did, did anyone see oh, Babe, yeah, they did. Babe Pig in the City? I did not. Uh, part of me kind of doesn't want to see it. I feel like it might uh, retroactively ruin some of the delightfulness of the first one. It's like when just Kevin McAllister went to New York. Yeah, just there like, all right, we made so much money. Let's let's do more of it. And, and like, all right, cool. But you're going to expand the characters in such a way that I'm going to somehow change my appreciation of the original. So I just never watched it. It is not as good. It's missing a lot of the heart, I think. But, I, you know, I haven't seen it in a while. I need to go back and rewatch that. I mean, you can make the argument that, like, having a sequel doesn't, or a reboot or anything like that, like, it doesn't, it doesn't remove the fact that the original happened, but it definitely does color the way that you watch it again. So, yeah, I've just never watched it. I do know the sequel had a budget of, like, $90 million. No way. Didn't even make, like, 70 million at the box office. Ooh. So Does it look does it look exponentially better? Uh, no, it looks worse. Wow. It's all production design like the, the city is like uh from what I remember it's, it's like a it's like a fantasy city that could never exist in the real world. Like all the architecture huh. and it's like Venice in New York and it's they like, went way more storybook. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. It, it's like it's like Wizard of Oz like in the 80s or 90s or whenever the story I guess is supposed to take place. Mm. The whole time I was watching this, I couldn't stop thinking about the TV show Pushing Daisies mm. and how the, they lean re- <laughs> they, they lean really hard on on this. Well, I mean, also they just lean really hard on like storybook fantasy, but uh, yeah, it, especially how the, the bright colors and everything's like perfectly backlit and and everything. I was like, wow, this you know Pushing Daisies totally inspired by this. Definitely, I do think Pushing Daisies did it a little bit better, which is terrible because I actually love the costume and the production design and everything in this. But if we're going to compare it to Pushing Daisies, which is similar, I think Pushing Daisies is a lot better. It's brighter. The fashion is more forward. This is like like country 80s kind of. <laughs> is that when you think this was – when was this – oh, because they, 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 they introduced was, the, the, uh, the, the fashion, fashion machine. machine. Yeah. yeah. It was shot in, in like 1991. It came out in 92, so. 95. Yeah, but they're in, the, they're in the country and they're not – like none of them are really wearing very hip clothing. I mean it's definitely a look. It's definitely stylized, but it's all very um, retro. Is that, is that a great word? Retro? Awesome. Vintage? Maybe that was like a modern day uh, Australian uh, look. Oh, you know, oh, at the, the time, outback. yeah, or the, on the Shire, where the fuck they are. It looks the goddamn farm looks just like the goddamn Shire, man. It does. It, it does. does. It, yeah, does. it does. Especially with like all the the thatched roofs and the yeah, and, and the director when he talks, he he sounds like you know. Or sorry, no, the, I think it was the producer I was listening to. He talks. He sounds like he's you know from uh, New Zealand. Well, yeah, he's Australian. It's George. George Miller, the director of the all those Mad Max movies, and what else did he do? I don't know. Which yeah, is but beast normally, with... but normally Australian sounds Australian. He was sounding a little more, um, you know, New Zealand. Kiwi? He might be. Is he? Is he a Kiwi? Like, Maybe. 
No, I think he's I think he's Australian. You have to get that right accent. because honestly, there's like a huge like rivalry between the two, there and is. people are gonna like there's really jump down your throat. Look, the if they hate me for that, and that's and they've been listening. Not to this you, podcast, no, 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 oh, Brian. Brian, <laughs> Brian's the one confusing the two. No, I, I'm I'm like almost a million percent sure because he made those I mean, Mad Max films in the fucking goddamn yeah. outback. That wasn't New Zealand. Uh, yeah, he is. George Miller he is, is like Australian the Australian director, director, yeah. screenwriter, producer. There you go. He he he's like the one who who like rocketed Australia to worldwide cinema fame, doing all the Mad Max movies. And he's a fucking visual genius. Like he's he's. I didn't realize until watching it this time that that George Miller not only produced it but also like co-wrote it, or wrote the screenplay. And then um, Chris Noonan changed it enough that he gets a writing credit on it. I didn't know he was involved in this until watching it this time around, and and I, I can definitely see some of his uh, handiwork on it for sure. Yeah, I, th- I think from what I, from everything I was reading, um, I think George Miller didn't have faith in this project, but really wanted to fucking do it, and he thought it was gonna bomb. So <laughs> really, what, yeah. So what he did was so he gave it to someone else to take the. Take the the fall for yeah, it. Yeah, so that way if it sucks, <laughs> you know. I mean, because you think about it, he came back and directed and wrote the sequel. This yeah. one, you know, he, he oh he did direct the sequel. Yeah, he he kind of he kind of passed okay. this one. He passed this one off. The the director doesn't have uh, Chris Noonan does not have very nice things to say about George Miller. That is what I've heard. They've they've stopped working together since this incident. Um, I think he took like a he was it was almost like a ten year hi- hiatus between this and. That Renee Zilliger film he made, Miss Potter. There we go. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot. That was that was, that was that was solid. Was it great? But it was solid. <laughs> yeah, his career is not very good. I mean, I'm sorry, he didn't do much after this, really. Wow, that's crazy. Which one, Chris Noonan? Yeah. Yeah. So you could say that Babe kind of ruined him, huh? Or, or or maybe George Miller ruined him. Or maybe you could say that he just wanted to go out on top. I mean. Hey, you know, step away when you can. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I can feel somebody else's influence. This does not feel like George Miller's other films. Like outside of his Mad Max work, this doesn't feel like Babe Pig in the City. This doesn't have the same feel as Witches of Eastwick. A lot of that like crazy kinetic editing style that George Miller's known for, that's not present in the, in this film. This film's a lot I don't know, slower. Like, like if you think about uh, the Happy Feet movies, George Miller did both of those. That has a lot of heart and and a lot of warmth that I I definitely feel in this for sure. I think that comes from but, Elijah Wood and Ron Williams. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know that that's the same kind of warmth and heart that this movie has. Well, it was set in Antarctica, so it's cold. Oh well, it's hard to bring the warmth in, isn't it? <laughs> well, then you can't compare them, right? It's, it's well, cold and lifeless, and we can't even no. No, I'm not. I'm not talking in terms of like his his screenwriting because like George Miller wrote both of those, and like yeah, I agree, the heart does bleed, bleed through. But in terms of filmmaking, like uh, you know, like directing. Like Happy Feet, when you think about those dance sequences and how like the camera's almost doing like three sixties around the penguins yeah. and the group of penguins. Yeah, okay. There, there's okay. never yeah. a moment like that in Babe. Babe is like always restrained. Like it's very grounded in in its in its world. Yeah, yeah. right. Like dolly moves yeah. feel big in this film. They mean something. That's true. They do. Yeah. There's only like a dozen or so, and and they all have some some pretty big implications. They do a lot of communication through camera work, which which kind of feels necessary when you're dealing with animals. Like, how are you going to communicate what, what the inner workings of an animal actor, quote-unquote, is? They, they imply a lot through camera and through the music. 
Man, the music is doing a lot in this. It really is. Even though and most of the score is like a, a complete ripoff of like some song from the 70s. Is it really? Yeah, like, I was going to ask if... If I had words. Okay, yeah. I was going to say, I recognize the song, it's the, ja- but I the song it. that James Cromwell sings to Babe. If oh. I had words. That's the whole score for the whole movie. When he closes the gate at the end, it's... Bum, 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 dun, 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 dun. Yeah, he definitely makes the theme of basically like 60% of the of the score is is just an extrapolation from that original melody. I'm not mad I at mean, it. It totally yeah. works. It totally works, and he does a really good job, you know, expanding that theme and and being bringing it around as a recurring motif. It, it definitely works really well. It's crazy. That I just thought about that. So the song, if I had words or whatever, because he doesn't really speak ever. So James he, Cromwell. Yeah, if he if he had the words, he'd say. Yeah, he's got like he's got like thirty <laughs> lines in the whole fucking movie. Yeah. He's, 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 oh, uh, nothing. Yep. <laughs> you want a pig? Oh. Great. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I do. I love I love his reactions, man. He, he's, he doesn't he's even so say great. hello. He's just like, oh, That's does true. he not he, say hello? Yeah, he just picks. He it doesn't. Up. He picks up the phone, and then they're like, "You won the pig." Oh, oh. <laughs> like that's it. <laughs> All right, we're gonna watch the trailer for Babe. We'll be back. When I first came to the boss's farm, it was a whole new world to me. Everyone here seemed to know their place. The boss. And his wife, the sheep dogs, the sheep, and all the other animals. Well, almost. We've got to do something about that duck. Now I just have to figure out where I fit in. <laughs> I want my mom. Good heavens. Who are you? Babe. <laughs> there, there. The little pig's a bit low. He's going to sleep with us. But mom, you went to bed. <laughs> What are you? You pig. What are you? I'm a you. A you. This is the story of a brave soul. Hello, sir. Yeah, oh, Who was trying to find his destiny. Can I learn how to work the sheep today? Get him up, pig. Remember, you have to dominate them. Bend them to your will. Ruff, 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 ruff. He knew his path would not be easy. I'm not sure if you realize how much the other animals are laughing at you. It's not a duck that thinks it's a rooster. It's a pig that thinks it's a dog. You should accept what he is and be thankful for it. But now he's determined. They're sheep. They're inferior. Oh, no, they're not. To take care of business. All a nice little pig like you need to do is ask. His way. Thanks very much. It was very kind of you. A pleasure. What a nice little pig. From Universal Pictures comes the story of Babe. You look like an intelligent, sophisticated, discerning young fella. Who, me? The pig with the gift of gab. La, la, la. Nerves of steel. <laughs> Get out of here, you, you big buttheads. And a heart. May I call you mom? Of gold. <laughs> Babe. Welcome back. That was a trailer for Chris Noonan's Babe. What'd you guys think of that trailer? That trailer guy sounded like he was like <laughs> sick of the day. <laughs> he knew his path wouldn't be easy. <laughs> he was just like, wasn't really giving a shit, really. But it made me also ask, 
that with the scene where the pig falls off of the off the off the thing it's like the biggest the big laugh in the movie you know uh, you think that wait falls that off the the chicken coop yeah he's walking up the thing Ramp. and he's like whoa and he like falls just random when he's think, backing out of it yeah you think that was a blooper and they're like let's put that in the movie i think that was definitely like the real <laughs> pig did something and then we're like oh we'll just film some uh, some some things like we'll do some audio takes and put a little uh, we'll make that part of the story it's fun you know, that it's a thing of George Miller. You look at his Mad Max movies; it's got some brilliant editing in it. Um, there's some moments in this movie, like when the like in the trailer, when you see the pig and he's like "fa la 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 la." Yeah, that was that was an outtake after the actual shot was over, and the pig just had something like uh, like stuck in its mouth. And it was over doing that, like, and they just put well, that audio underneath it. Well, that moment stands out to me so fucked up because. It's so sad because he's like singing and doesn't know that he's about to die. And everybody around him is like, you're fucked, bro. And he's like, everything <laughs> is perfect. <laughs> la, 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 la. And everybody's like, bro, you're dead. <laughs> and you think he's dead in the story. They do that little switch on you, you know? Yeah. Well, they, they do a double switch because at first you think it's uh, Babe. Then you think it's the duck, Ferdinand. And, yep. Ferdinand. And then you get the reveal that it was uh, Ferdinand's pr- buddy. Yeah, her name was Rosanna. <laughs> <laughs> she looks man. Delicious. It fucking gets me every single time. Uh, she was, I tried, tried it song. with the hens. It didn't work, so I tried to. Oh, his character is the fucking best, man. I can't believe they left that in and still got a G rating. <laughs> the duck tried to make it with the hens, and the MPAA is like, <laughs> I tried it with the hens. They're still birds. They're like, it's fine. Birds on birds on birds, whatever. It's not all chicks to us. So everybody, every, everyone was cool with that trailer. You guys actually liked it. It was good. Yeah, I loved the trailer. Yeah. On the good. music, the music reminded me of something. I can't, I can't quite place it. <laughs> A little volleyball hit. I don't know what it is. Like, I can't tell you what it is. I think it's, like, from Anastasia or something, but I don't know. Like, it, but it's from another cartoon. Uh, it's, like, an actual cartoon, and it's, like, it has something to do with, like, a princess, probably. I, I, think, it's, I think it's Anastasia, but I'm not sure. It feels, I, it feels very familiar. Sure. You're talking about that dun, 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 dun. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, it does it was sound like, familiar. I it, it was, it. like, like. Two notes away from like, oh, there, there, there yeah, it is. And they, my brain like, just couldn't went on to it. the next. Like they're repeating yeah. that little thing, and if they went on to the next one, like I would know what it was, but I can't figure out what it is. It, you know, it, it sounds like the beginning of Aladdin or something. No, it's definitely not. It's definitely not. Aladdin. No, I don't think it's a. Uh, I don't think it's Aladdin, is it? Oh no, no, it's no, definitely it's definitely not Aladdin. But it is very familiar. I Listeners, if you know sequence. what it is, please no. feel free to write us or message us on Instagram or Twitter and let us know what you actually recognize it to be. I think it's the dream sequence in Anastasia when she has no. right before Rasputin comes. It's, it's what it sounds like to me is 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 it's like for, for some reason I'm envisioning um, Harrison Ford in fucking uh, Indiana Jones when he's down in the thing and, and the sun is like you know he puts the rod in the uh, thing no it's definitely six no. days seven nights uh, <laughs> <laughs> no that's I, wish a, I knew what that was yeah that, that, uh, you're, you're, ta- you're talking about the uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark with the uh, staff of Ra, right yeah 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 it's definitely not that piece of music yeah that's the soundtrack I'd play on the reg. Anastasia, not too familiar with that soundtrack. It's really good. I don't know why you don't have it memorized, honestly. Oh, wait, are you talking about the? You're talking about the animated one, right? Is there another one? Is there another one? What? Yes. Is there? 
What was what? the other one? Yeah, there, there's like, a, there's got to be at least like three or four versions of that movie. No way. Yeah, the, the people the, have actually the seen Brian Disney Anastasia movie. <laughs> the people what? have actually seen. It's not those, Disney. Those are, those are, it isn't. Those Disney, are pronounced though. Anastasia. <laughs> uh, no, I'm right there with you. Uh, I have no idea what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, that, that was Brian. a 20th Century Fox. Um, yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's animated not cartoon. It's not um, I just found out. I just found out what we. What we uh, it was from um, Adventures of Huck Finn. Oh and shit! Carnival Wait. of the Animals, Adventures of Huck Finn. I was like wondering the one with, if it was with Carnival of the Jonathan Animals. Jonathan Taylor Thomas, Adventures of Huck Finn. Which just, which Bill Bill Conti wrote the song. Anyway, so the Babe trailer is uh, Carnival of, of the Huck Finn and Carnival of the Animals. Carnival, mm. of the, yeah, okay, but uh, so this is oh I the think Elijah it's, Wood one. Okay, okay, that I, makes sense. I haven't there seen that is. Huck Finn movie, so it's that's not what I'm thinking of. But like Carnival of the Animals was taken like for like it's in everything. Like, what is Carnival of the know. Animals? It's like a isn't it? It's a ballet. Okay, it's, well yeah, that's totally over my head. He doesn't do sports. That includes dancing. <laughs> oh yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> or apparently uh, classical music. No, uh, that's too sophisticated for me. That was Stephen <laughs> Sommers' uh, Adventures of Huck Finn with with Elijah Wood and Robbie Coltrane. Well, I was thinking of the lame Disney version of Tom and Huck with fucking Jonathan Taylor Thomas. That's where my brain went. Well done. Well done, my childhood. Well, if it makes you guys feel any better, the uh, the old version of Anastasia that I was thinking about was actually uh, The King and I with Yul Brynner. So, uh, moving on. <laughs> oh, there it is. Oh, man. It's crazy how the brain works. <laughs> that does make me feel better. Google always tells you that you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this has been a delightful walk down memory lane. Let's get back to Babe. We were no, we were still talking about Babe. It was all related. We were still talking about the trailer. I, you know, I, I thought this was pretty interesting. I was I was looking at box office numbers. This movie never uh, debuted in the box office at number one. Uh, well, it was never number one ever uh, any weekend, but it debuted really? at number three. Number one though that weekend, Waterworld. Fucking Waterworld. Doesn't that just help you place it in the summer, right? It totally does. Die Hard with Vengeance, Congo. It totally does. What was that other? Uh, Casper. What, uh, All around 95. the same time as uh, a Toy Story? I was going to say, wasn't 95 also Toy Story? Yeah, I think that, that, that would have been after, but yeah. Same Toy yeah. Story yeah. was later. Christmas-ish. This was like summer. Yeah, yeah. Batman Forever. What, there was the, what, there's another big one in uh, <gasps> Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie. Boom. <laughs> Dude, fuck yeah. Ivan Ooze. Fucking Power Rangers. <laughs> Name. <laughs> With my Tingu Warriors. <laughs> Bro, total Power Rangers nerd uh, growing up. Very, very much so. Yeah, so Good it's my younger you. brother. He was, he was all into it. You know, I, I, it's got a special place in my heart. It looks very, like, you know, much like those Godzilla movies and Ultraman from back in the day. I get it. Yeah. I get it. I get it. We were talking about how uh, Cromwell's character, right, James? Jimmy? James Cromwell. Jimmy? Jimmy Cromwell. He's kind of like this, like he's he's like a um, a pure character or whatever. He's like he's the good guy, right? But then there's this weird moment where, for some reason, he looks down at this pig, and, and there's a massacred sheep. And he looks down at this tiny ass little pig that's got a little bit of blood on its nose, and he goes, "Obviously, he killed that sheep." Yeah, <laughs> what? Yeah, no, <laughs> a little bit of blood on the nose. Well, well he, there's he even no have other teeth. explanation they than show a his fucking mouth. pig. Has massacred. <laughs> this he doesn't sheep. even have teeth. He's got little nubs in this cute little moment. They had like, a whole scene for that. Like, do you have actual teeth? And or and or he's you like, just, 
But it, that that whole sequence, like you know, I get it. And oh, and then like when Babe's going into the fucking slaughter tent, and he's like, "Oh, what the little like t- like tubes?" He's like, "I wonder what comes out of there. Oh, it'd be a cool little present for me." You know, <laughs> you're like, "Oh shit!" It's a vague memory of being actual food. Yeah. Thank you, Roscoe Lee Brown. Let's associate shotguns with uh, the delightfulness of being. I doubt he fed would shoot that little pig with a shotgun. It would like ruin <laughs> way too much. You know I mean, like you yeah, know, no, that doesn't make any sense at all. If you try to thing, you know, no. uh, like all right, all right, you didn't want him for a Christmas dinner. That's fine. Uh, maybe he killed one of your sheep. You're still not going to shoot him with a fucking shotgun. What the hell? Well, yeah. no, he's already got the lamb chops, guys. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> if, if he's got the pork too, you know. Do you see how big his refrigerator was? Yeah, but then no, you no, gotta no, clean. No, no, the, no, then no, you gotta no, clean the shotgun no. pellets out of the fucking meat. Like you're thinking you're, about this wrong. Yeah. No, no, you're not you, gonna you, kill him with a shotgun. No, you, you'd smoke him. You know, over, over a period of time, <laughs> and you know, so that you know, you're 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 setting up for meals mm. later. You know, smoked we're gonna make bacon. bacon. We're gonna do yes. smoked ham. Uh, you know, smoked maybe ham every day. Take, take even longer. Sheep Farm pig table bacon. Salted pork, babe. It's a good movie. It, it, unfortunately, there's not a whole lot to talk about in it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it's a kids' film. What are you gonna, you know? I, I, I was gonna say it's pretty simple, but I guess for a kids' film, it is anyone under the age of like 13. There's a lot of themes in the film, so I, I'll, I'll give it credit for that. I was I was getting ready That's to write true. it off, but then actually thinking about it, it's like you're dealing with death. You're dealing with, uh, you know, finding your your way in the world, all and navigating all these societal prejudices. You're also dealing with, you know, if you're different, you know, do your thing. Yeah, you know, the old man gets laughed at by an entire crowd of people. Oh my and god! And he just goes and he stands there. He has so much faith in this pig, bro. Like, 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 you know, if if, if the dogs didn't get their shit done with the, with the sheep and they run in and like all, you know, if that if that shit didn't go down, you you know, to your breed, to your face, your you can be true. A little bit, I'm uh, a little hard of hearing. Thank you. <laughs> See, he had he got humility. You know, he he was he was a jerk, and it was a good moment there. But like, yeah, everything came together. But if it didn't come together at the end, that that old man would have been standing there <laughs> with this pig. Um, his wife's reaction there is very interesting. <laughs> oh man, I love the cross cutting from from the actual like thing happening on the grounds to her in the hotel room, and she's like, "Who wants to play cards?" Yeah, she's doing cards? anything to like you know uh, to to avert the <laughs> attention. But, yeah, she's just so like freaked out by it. But like her, when it cuts back to her, like having this like acceptance moment, she's got this really interesting look on her face where she seems happy but not. Like she's just, I guess she's just bewildered. I don't think she understands it. I mean, she has that <laughs> whole. There was like that. There was that line where you know. Oh God, I don't remember. Um, but it's when she's talking about like, like she doesn't understand it and she thinks he's going a little crazy. But like, also like that's where genius happens. And like, so she's just gonna like watch it. <laughs> yeah. And so and, and you know, just keep an eye on him. She doesn't think he can like hurt himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she has that whole conversation in the bus with her friend. She's like, you know, there's uh, there's only things there's little things that only a wife would notice. She says. That my husband is doing and noticing and and changing, and I think that's part of part of what like y- you have that in the back of your mind. Like ten minutes later, when she's talking to her friends, that she's just sort of explained this 
little subtle thing that she's maybe not admitted to herself before. She said that thing in the bus, and now her husband is on national TV. Oh, he's never really done anything, really. He's never really, you know, she's got all these awards for all of her baking and, and, and yeah, whatever stuff she's true. done. And, like, everything she does is, like, you know, is great. She's got an entire shelf devoted to her shit and all of his stuff. She's kind of, like, writes it off. And then, you know, he's weird and eccentric and all this stuff. Well, because really his fucking sheepdog that was supposed to be, like, the greatest of the great went found the shit. sheep and then, and then went to yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, Rex was, he he had that moment and then didn't couldn't do it and so as far as she knows her husband just can't train his dogs well no hold up yeah they they it, it, it is implied that they won like a whole bunch of awards up until that point yeah he, he was like he was like the dog you know like it was like the perfect you know the of, of all the the breeding and everything yeah because even when they kinda... sell the dogs it's like yeah you know it's rex and flies puppies from rex out of fly yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very specific. Oh, my goodness. Australian sheepdogs. It's legit. You see Farmer Hoggett, and he is always, uh, he, he's always, like, watching the animals, noticing what they're doing, and paying a little extra attention, and the, the wife is always, kind of, like, always in the garden. And yeah, I, yeah. I love that moment, though, when uh, Babe is talking to Ma for the first time ever, you you think she almost gets the idea that she's like, oh wait, I can yeah. I can hear these animals actually speaking, and then she she sits up for a second, and then you just hear that. It's nice little moments like that. It kind of show those two characters and how they're different. Oh yeah, I, I love. There, there's a few times in the movies where where, where the animals are having a conversation, and then it cuts to the you know the human perspective of it, and then they're yeah. just like talking. Yeah. It's like <laughs> they're just they're just doing their animal animal noises. <laughs> Man, I love those moments so much. But but also, you talking about him like uh, the farmer uh, noticing things that the animals do. Uh, you know, they, they kind of showed immediately that um, you know. Babe is a little bit into segregation because he's like out there, like you know, dividing the chickens into brown and whites. George Miller no, was saying something like that on, on the commentary. It's not segregation. It's not segregation. You know? It's 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 the intelligence of of the the creatures being able to separate. Oh, these ones are different than this ones. Yeah, that's what fascist Nazis do. You know, as a kid, I would never <laughs> have thought that, but this time watching it, of course, in in our in our modern brain. Uh, that's exactly where my brain went. I was like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder if they're trying to make a point there. You know, George Miller, uh, he was talking in the commentary. He was, he was saying that he was not trying to make that point. You know, he was just trying to make it easy for children to see. But when the movie was being shown in um, South Africa, everyone was like, oh, you're trying to make a apartheid fucking statement here, bro. Oh, oh of course. Damn. Yeah, that's exactly what we were trying to do. You know, it's just like, <laughs> it's like well, you know, no, there's some prejudiced elements here in the movie. We were talking about things. So it, no, that's not what we were trying to do. But I'm glad you can take it that way and run with the story hey, like man. that. Everybody I mean, gets it, what they want out of the movie. It makes sense for, like, the chickens, the the dark chickens and the light chickens. But, like, I, I did appreciate that for when it became the the sheep. They were like, oh, no, you who have the collars, like, can you please step over here? Like, Well, hold up. Uh, Wait, didn't Babe, when he comes up to those sheep and he's like, oh, look at your pretty black face or something like that? Doesn't he say he's that? He's like, have you been getting enough water? <laughs> oh, yeah, so they've been eating well, I think. Or eating well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because 
they had darker faces than the other sheep that he's been previously dealing with. So and he's he a kid, tries you know? to make an obvious statement of like, he's yeah. like, you, oh, you, you guys heard yeah. the white sheep that I've been dealing with. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the use. <laughs> oh Jesus, fuck! This oh, is wow. yeah. no. It definitely you, went there. Use guys. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that those sheep. Like <laughs> they come, babe comes up and talks to him, and they're just shitting in his face. Yeah, he, they're just. There's that one over to the side He's just like dropping turds out of his ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's not once. They cut oh, back to it man. and it's doing it again. And I was like, no! losing flesh. Nope. Nope. Dude. We don't care. We don't. There's so many shots of Babe's butthole. Like, <laughs> That's true. That's true. They're all about getting in there on that tail. You know, they're trying to get in there for the tail, but there's really no way around it. Yeah, no. It's just a fucking thing. <laughs> Pig asshole. <laughs> well, that, that's why they had to use uh, female pigs because they were saying like, "Oh yeah, we just don't want to stare at like pig genitalia, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> big balls all day." No, but there was that, you know, when she's measuring, it's nothing but like pig nipple. You know, it's entire. Yep. yep. <laughs> uh, I think this was my first experience with Hugo weaving as a voice. It's like good. I saw this way before like the matrix happened or lord of the rings or any of those things this this was definitely my first introduction to him i do remember watching this after the matrix came out and just being like oh my god agent smith's the dog (laughs) it ties everything together oh for sure uh fun fact also the son-in-law was also one of the uh the agents in the first matrix why did they make the family such shitty people and oh they're my God, weird. they're such shitty people. They're, they're, yeah, they're crazy and like they're they're like odd acting. Like the son is like awkward stuff. and and yeah. like a little bit of a pig himself, like super awkward. And the little girl is just such a brat. Oh my God! Oh, like, dude, just but. such a brat. And when she opens up the dollhouse, she's like, "I want the one from the store." It cuts back to the farmer, and he gives a little smirk. That's right. He's like, "That's right, you little bitch." Like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Yeah, you want the one from the television? Fuck you!" Yeah, yeah you no, don't I get definitely that. didn't spend this entire fucking movie making this. <laughs> yeah, no, you get you get mine. That's no, he, cool. he he got satisfaction out of that. No, that was cool. <laughs> he was like, ah. <laughs> "Yeah, fuck you." But I I love it. It's like it's a fax machine, mother. You can send us letters by phone. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the point. We have one, and you have one, and now we can send each other letters, as opposed to just to talking on the phone is. like a yeah. normal fucking person. Like, oh, I also I, like some something about the watching it this time around. The son-in-law being like, "Listen, Arthur, you're totally bleeding money." Like, oh, he's like going through the books. Sp- yeah, like, dude, like you are such an asshole. Like, what are you even doing? Like, what? Like, is this supposed to set up the fact that, like, oh, okay, Farmer Hoggett needs to, like, actually sell the pig or he needs to win something at the tournament? Like, what's the point of this scene? Uh, the whole point was establishing that he, that, him as just a dick. That, no, the whole point was to show that, that the farmer has never really won anything. He's, he's he, he Everything's failing. He's never been able to, to get there. So, he you know. He had his. He, he had just his comes up with fucking brilliant ways to do things like keep his opening gate from slamming and, into. The and on that pole. last day, it, it's perfect. It just goes. Yeah, it's so perfect. He, and he's he has finally that satisfa- getting there. satisfaction. He's like, yeah, they, yeah, they, they set it up and, and knock, knock it down. Everything gets brought back up. Like even the power storm. So you know, it turns the TV off, and then 
that it comes it turns back, back on. on so that all the animals can watch all the stuff. Yeah, and then the power company, like that's how Re- Rex it. gets back as well. So it's like everything's really tied in script wise. I like how they don't talk about a lot of that stuff. They just show it happen, and then they move yeah. on. And, you know, if you're not watching, you might not catch it. You know what I mean? There's a lot of really cool visual storytelling that's going on. And they, they this movie really leans on that, which is really cool. It's, it's, like, it's like looking at the pages of a storybook. Whoa, sounds like we're at ratings. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking do it. Well, who's going first? Brian, how could you not give this fucking movie a 10? Like this movie was super huge uh, as you know growing up, man. Uh, it, it was it was it sticks out in your brain. That'll do, pig. You know, <laughs> and and like I, there was a time in my life where I would go up to somebody and go, "Bah, ram yo," and I wouldn't even remember what fucking movie it was from. It was just like buried into my fucking brain. You know what I mean? And so, but when I saw it in this again, I was like, "Holy shit, that's what it's from!" Like you know, <laughs> I don't know how you forgot that, but congratulations. There's been all kinds of substances, Grigsy. <laughs> tonight, I've been drinking. No, really I mean nice, congratulations uh, for continuing to use Alberino. such phrases in uh, delightful conversation. Well, you know, it's like, use the wand, Willow. It works in that realm. It's like, bah, ram, you. <laughs> Absolutely. But anyways, no, man, this this movie is super fun. Like, you know, if if you need a fa- if a family friendly film to, to break out you know you could totally bring this one out and, and everyone will enjoy it it's uh it's way darker than I was expecting you know but that's kind of cool knowing that something that you know because like a lot of times you go back and watch something that you watch as a kid and it's kind of shitty um this time that was not true and it was really a pleasure to watch this one again so that's a, that's an official 10 100% man I don't care what the fuck you guys say this movie was cool and great <laughs> alright who's going next signing off <laughs> no. Okay, I'll go. Um, okay. Do it, Krista. Well, I don't know why Mike doesn't want to go. Like, it's cool. Like, it's whatever. Oh, he leaned back. He's like, nah, I'm good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think um, I loved this movie when I was a kid, and I remember laughing and just like really enjoying it. Now, as an adult, I didn't realize how dark it was. It's really dark. And I don't know like if if movies have just gotten like lighter or if kids movies are always that dark or if that was just like a thing in the 90s, but I don't know. I like it. It works. I kind of uh enjoyed it, but I was yeah, I was really surprised by it. I love all of the production design, all of the costume design, all of the acting. Everything is just really great. I actually love how it's broken up into the little um, stories and the little the little voices. I just it's really it's really enjoyable. Um, I mean, I don't know if I'm gonna like enjoy it every week, but like, you know, I think kids would definitely love this. And yeah, it's something you can watch with your kids and actually really love. Uh, so I'm gonna give it a ten. Also, just before we get to the to the people who are not gonna rate it a ten. Um... I'm just playing. Uh, it, it's actually rated a 6.8 on IMDb. Yeah. I'm surprised by that. That's really That's low. That's very surprising. Yeah. Man, I, yeah, I can't believe that. And this, this thing was nominated for, like, I forget how many Oscars. Let me see. Uh, one, yeah, two, it was three, Oscar four, five, five six, about that. seven. Seven fucking Oscar nominations and one big. Holy shit. Holy shit. Yeah, one visual effects. It was nominated for picture, best supporting actor for James Cromwell, best director, best screenwriting adapted, right, best art direction, and best film editing. Do you have the best picture nominations for that year? Uh, Braveheart won. I can tell you that. Um, oh, that was the Braveheart year? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, awesome. James Carmel was 
supporting actor? Like, who qualified as the main actor in that? Hey, babe. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's what I would go. Obviously, it's on the fucking poster. <laughs> Christine I Kavanaugh. Mean, as a voice, I don't know if that guy. I'm just, I'm, I'm just trying to understand how, how these things are qualified. I'm just asking questions. Yeah, because Carl was totally. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Acting his ass off. He was, yeah, you know, he was, considering he, like, barely had any uh, speaking lines. He was in almost every fucking scene, like, for sure. Like, 80% of it, at least. That's some good standing. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good callback. <laughs> and you did it so well, too. Uh, since Mike is still in his lean-back position, I'll go next. Uh... <laughs> I'm going to give this a very, very, very solid 10 and just go out and yes. say uh, this is a masterpiece of uh, of a film. Maybe, maybe throw around that word a little too much, but this is this is perfect. I would not change a goddamn frame. I wouldn't nice. change a voice. I would not change anything. Every time I watch this movie, it just makes me feel good. I was really taken aback by all the people that were like commenting just like comments online and people reviewing things of Rotten Tomatoes. It's just, if you don't have those dark moments, the uplifting moments don't mean a fucking thing, man. You gotta Preach. have that. 100 fucking percent. Absolutely. And it just, oh my God, the, the end of this movie, when, when that, the, the sound just fucking drops out and you can hear that gate close and you're getting all these yes. Yes. six different Dude. shots. Yes. yes. You hear yes. that gate click. And you hear that little triangle go, ding. And then yeah, the man. crowd, bro. Like, no, no, no. The next button was when, when, when the guy actually, the, the last judge, who's the jerk, gives the 100. That's when your heart soars right there. It's, oh, it's, the, it's that click. And then, and then they take that next beat up to there. Oh, my God, dude. Yeah, oh, yeah. And then, but then the clouds part. And you get that beautiful ray of yeah. sunshine come down just <laughs> right on that fucking pig and that guy that far away. Oh, yes. <laughs> The perfect yeah. cloud with the, and then with it the cuts the to that, tell you, with that wrap on that low angle up shot of him. Yeah, looking at That'll that. Do. Oh, right, it's so fucking good, man. He's got tears in his eyes, and just the way, like the last shots of Babe, and it's just that little, like that little sigh of relief that he gives, and then we just iris out, and it's so I'm beautiful. Not gonna man. be bacon. <laughs> right, yeah, right. Until you can't perform next year. <laughs> And we're gonna have the most overpriced bacon. It's gonna be. That's awesome. why he had to run to the city. <laughs> He's running away from him. <laughs> so ten, ten, ten. Uh, Grigsy, now you have to sit up. Oh, it's a fucking ten, man. Uh, um, I just wanted to sit back and enjoy all of your appreciation of one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, this movie is burned into my brain. I've, I, I said in the, at the get go, I've watched it twenty, thirty times. And watching again, probably for the first time in HD, because all the times yeah. when I watched them as a kid was definitely on VHS. And I, I rented the DVD, and I started watching it. It was in 4 by 3 and there's no director's commentary or any behind-the-scenes things or all the things I was excited for. Um, but it is currently showing on HBO Max in HD, so I watched it on there um, and delighted in every fucking second of this movie. Man, it just so holds up. Like, I... I I was like, oh, maybe this was one of those ones that I watched as a kid and I just loved it because we watched it like a million times. No, it really is that great of a movie. There's so much like, it, like there's foreshadowing, like back to the future level foreshadowing of like everything that they say in the beginning is going to have some implication in the end. 
the writing is so really good. All the acting is really, really good. The casting is just fucking top-notch. Even, like, Roscoe Lee Brown as the narrator, every inflection that the dude gives is just perfect. Every single actor as a voice in all of these characters is just perfect. There's nothing about this movie that I don't love. And I I just, like, I, I watched it yesterday, I watched it again today, and I want to watch it, like, this weekend with my fucking kids. Like, I, I just want to watch it again, because it's just so fun. Man, if you haven't seen this movie before, please just go and watch it. It's an absolute perfect 10. I don't understand people on IMDb that are like, 6.8. Like, how can you get a better movie than this? <laughs> you can watch it with your kids. You can watch it again. It's a 10. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to sell it. I don't know what else to say. The, the cinematography is perfect. Every single shot, I'm just like, oh, there's the light, and it's perfect. Oh, there's what I would put the light, and that's where he put it, and it's perfect. And... Uh, there's so much implication from camera moves uh, from emotion. Like I cried like four times in this movie. We talked about last week. How many times did you cry in the baseball movie? I was was like, "Uh, I didn't really cry this movie. I was like, yeah, no, I've seen it a million times and I'm still crying because it's just that good. It's even like that on Rotten Tomatoes. The audience score is 67%. The critic. I don't get it. I don't get it. What's the critics say? Critics, uh, critics of 97. So, okay. That's a 30% fucking difference. Like, yeah. Why is the audience score so fucking low? That's really weird. Ridiculous. All right. Well, with that, you guys have been listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. You want to get in touch with us? You can do so by sending us an email to themoviecrew at gmail.com. That's the Movie Crew Crew, spelled C-R-E-W-E. That's right. Extra E at the end of the word crew at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Movie Crew Pod. Jared, where can the audience follow you? You can find me on Twitter at Jared B. Callen, on Instagram at Check the Gate, and on Apple Podcasts with my other podcast, Toro Stories. Hey, Griggs, where can they follow you? I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Griggsy Media. That's G R I G G S Y Media. And Kristen, where can they follow you? You can follow me on Instagram at Kristen Magdalene. That's Kristen with a K and an I. You guys can find me on Twitter at Elkins Edits, and we are going to close out. Oh, hold on. I got to figure out what track we're going to play. Uh, you know what? We're going to close out the show tonight with track number 23 titled That'll Do, Pig. That'll Do <laughs> from the Babe soundtrack, and this is from composer Nigel Westlake. Enjoy. Brian. Christmas means carnage! (laughs) We never brought that up. So it was that in all the celebration, in all the hubbub of noise and excitement, there were two figures who stood silent and still, side by side. And though every single human in the stands or in the commentary boxes was at a complete loss for words, The man who in his life had uttered fewer words than any of them knew exactly what to say. That'll do, pig. 
That'll do. Christmas means food. Christmas Wait, means death. Was George Miller trying to say something about Christians as well? <laughs> Fuck, bro. Yeah. Christmas means carnage. This movie is so fucking heavy. It's a metaphor wrapped into a symbolism. <laughs> I mean, maybe people didn't like it because they felt bad about eating all these little animals or something. That's fair. Mm. Except for the horse that was like, it's babe. <laughs> I'm just going to be glue. <laughs> People eat horses. It's a thing. Yeah. Wait, Apparently what? I thought, I thought only dogs ate horses. No, nah, man. It's no. huge, dude. Yeah. yeah. People eat horses all over the world. Yeah. That's barbaric. How the fuck could you eat a horse? No, they're apparently delicious. Well, I How think the fuck you just you like, like cut it open and like eat it. I don't it. ride like, a it's pig, It's like the Jared. same thing. You can. <laughs> you can. You can definitely dude, ride a pig. Huge. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> no, it's not the same thing, guys. No. 